Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today joined by somebody who I, I miss working with. Uh, used to be on this very pod feed, is is uh, still at Silver Screen and Roll, though, doing great work over there. Jacob Rude, uh, have you have you like touched the ground since last <laughs> night? I uh, I said this elsewhere a couple times, but I I didn't really like allow myself to believe that he was going to be a Laker, Jalen Huchifino. And so like when they did draft him, it was just like a wave of excitement. I, w- I was in charge of writing the story about um, whoever they drafted. Like, yeah, the Lakers, whoever they took at 17. And I was like so excited that I was like, I could see that I kept screwing things up and whatnot just because <laughs> I like, I wanted to celebrate, but I have to like put out the story. So uh, that was a long way of saying, no, I have not touched <laughs> the ground yet. Um, it's, this is one of the things that I, I kind of miss out on because of the school that I went to. Um, I kind of have some of it with you, UCLA players, some of it, but I ain't go there. Cal State Fullerton hasn't produced much in terms of NBA talent. And the little that it did, like I've hated Bruce Bowen my whole life. Um, so, so, Very uh, I, <laughs> so I don't, I can't quite like, you know, understand or, 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 uh, you know, sympathizer or, or I, I can't share that sentiment that you're feeling. So I'm, I'm, I, I can't lie. I'm a little jealous there. All that said, um, you know, what's going to make this conversation kind of awkward at times is I was hoping they would trade the pick. So <laughs> <laughs> you, I was in a, a discord call with a number of Lakers fans and uh, I was in the minority of people excited that the <laughs> Lakers actually picked somebody. I was like, guys, just let me have some excitement excitement here you don't all have to be mad that they didn't trade it to (laughs) brooklyn or whatever um i you know what i i uh, listened back to the last night's show that i did with aaron and we didn't spend i don't think nearly enough time talking about um jalen hood shafino um or maxwell lewis for for that matter but the the reason that we're talking here you host locked on hoosiers um, you are, uh, Indiana born and raised and, and this is a guy that you've rooted for here, uh, last year and, and seem to have really enjoyed watching him play. Um, and so I, I wanted to spend an episode here on this nice Friday afternoon, by the time you guys are listening to this, um, you know, talking about the player and if, if it comes up, you know, trading the pick or whatever, if it, if it comes up, whatever, if not perfectly fine with it, there's an entire off season to talk about that as well. But um, I'm just going to read Bleacher Report's uh, scouting report, and I want to see what um, what you agree and disagree with, right? Mm-hmm. They start by saying the pro comparison is Spencer Dinwiddie. How are, how are things right now? I could see it. I've seen that a couple times. It's, it's not a bad comparison. All right. Uh, Huchifino intrigued scouts with 6'6 size for a lead ball handler, a dangerous pull-up game, and flashy passing. Low three-point volume and poor finishing are the main concerns. I mean, that all 
uh, as a kind of a simplified version checks out. I mean, everywhere from the inside the three-point line to the rim, I think he's really good. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's more a lack of volume at the at the rim itself. And then the three-point shot is going to kind of be the the swing skill, the make-or-break skill. If he can develop that and become a consistent shooter, then he's going to be in the NBA a long time, going to be a starter for a long time. There's still ways he can impact the game, even if he doesn't. But that, that three-point shot is going to kind of be the – the make or break determining whether he's a quality starter or whatever his ceiling might be versus kind of just another guy that'll hang around in the league for a little bit. I did watch some of his tape last night and um, I was struck by like his shot looks clean. Very, you know, it it, it looks like the kind of thing that uh, because it's not, Sometimes when you see guys who are really good at shooting in the mid range, they have way higher releases. The release is like way above their head. And the reason they do that, right, is to get a clean look when you're closer to defenders. Um, but his release is actually a little closer down to his face. And that feels like the kind of thing that if he does decide or when he does start working on shooting a three pointer, that actually is kind of an advantage. Like you just got to get a little bit stronger and, and take more of those shots. That's a very sustainable, replicable shot that that I and I, I believe he shot well from the free throw line um, yep. at, at Indiana, and that's usually a pretty good uh, signifier that a player is going to become or can become a good shooter. I I'm actually fairly optimistic on on that uh, in in that regard. Yeah, I always look as you said to free throw shooting as kind of the indicator or an indicator of whether they can be a good three-point shooter but even with even more with with Jalen is that the smooth is the the word I always used to describe kind of his game and his jumper is very smooth in the mid-range um it looks good it looks like a clean you know nice jumper and um I I think that makes it a lot easier to see a path in which he is a good three-point shooter Even, I mean, even his three-point percentage last year is kind of deceiving, even at 33%, because um, he had, like, three games. I was trying to pull it up. He made 37 threes last year, and I think, like, something like 15 of them came in three games. So, like, uh, 16 of them came in three games. So, almost half his threes came in three games. Very, very streaky. And so, like, there is – it's not like he just couldn't ever make threes. It was just – it came in waves and came and went and whatnot. So, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic that he can become a good three-point shooter, but it's it's literally that word. He's going to have to become that. that, That's going to be an area he's going to have to work on. But I, I still think there are a number of ways he can come in honestly, from, from day one and, and impact the game and get playing time, even if that three-pointer is going to be presumably a work in progress. This is where he's pretty unique in that yes. he is um, – you, you described him as smooth, but he gets after it defensively. Oh, yeah. Like that's – there are not very many players – normally when you're, when you're kind of smooth, um, that kind of transfers over to the, to the defensive side of the ball – where you're not as aggressive on that side of it, but 
he will uh he will get into people he will utilize his length he is a longer like they say a longer lead guard um mike garcia who does a lot of scouting stuff in lakers twitter really likes you know bigger guys who have guard skills and um i I think he's pretty over the moon um about this pick too um but but like the combination of being smooth on offense and also having that mentality on defense is really what intrigues me about him. Like I, like I said, I don't know about like, you know, keeping the pick or whatever on a team that was just in the Western conference finals, but getting somebody who can step in and help on defense right away. If you are going to hope that somebody steps in and helps on a team playing at that level or with those expectations, that's a great place to start. And that's what when I, what I was kind of saying. There'll be ways he can get on the floor and and be impactful. He's going to be a a guy that can defend right away in the NBA. He has a six ten, just over six ten wingspan. He's six four without shoes, so like a plus six wingspan is huge, especially yeah. for a guard. Mm-hmm. And Mike Woodson's offense at Indiana last season, or excuse me, his defense at Indiana last season was. Uh, he wanted a lot of ball pressure high up the court, and that played into what Jalen does best. He's a he's a good point of attack defender. He has some work to do off the ball, and, and a lot of it was kind of focus and kind of those freshmen, those young player mistakes where you know you look away for a minute and somebody back cuts you or something like that. But on the ball, he's really good and can use that length. He, he even got in, I mean, he got into a bit of trouble at times trying to poke the ball away and, and being a little too aggressive with that length and, and getting into foul trouble. But I think that's a good problem to have versus the alternative. You can like scale a guy back. I feel like a lot easier than trying to turn up that aggressiveness and he's going to be able to come in and be a good defender for this team. And uh, for a team that, at times lacked uh, the Lakers lacked defenders at the point of attack, yeah. uh, at least early on in the season. I think that's probably they might lose their best one this yeah. off season. Yeah. will probably lose uh, Dennis. Yeah. He's, he's, that's a big hole to fill in. And um, Jalen won't be able to do everything Dennis can do. And there's obviously still a big gap there, but Jalen's going to be able to come in and defend, I think, well at the NBA really from the start. Um, I'm also like, I was also struck in in watching this guy. I'm not a college basketball guy. I, the only reason I ever watch college basketball is in March Madness when I have a bunch of money on the line and, and Avery <laughs> is like waiting for donuts. But, um, but uh, you know, watching watching him last night, it really struck me. He's like a thick six, like six four. Mm-hmm. You know, he's six six boy. with shoes on or whatever. And um, you know, he's like, Kurt Rambis is going to be stoked. He's got a nice butt to him. You know, he's got some <laughs> thick like trunk legs you know i again i this is the type of player that um and now i do have a running theory here because the lakers did draft for upside this guy does like as far as in comparison to the other guys around um that draft slot that were taken around him he was one of the higher upside guys uh in in that Mm -hmm. group and um that also kind of made me wonder because of some of the um, ambiguity as far as like the impact on this next, uh, the impact of the league that the CBA is going to have 
if teams were like really, really reluctant to move actual picks, but might be more inclined to take a player um, in, in that spot, that if you are going to, you know, draft and, and flip a player, that you you take the high upside guy whose skill set transfers over and can impact winning right now for those teams that might have a player that that you know you want to win right now with or or you know can build in the future with. So um all that said though, like, you know, regarding what they do with him or whatever, the the fact that like if I was just to say this offseason, the kind of player who I wanted the Lakers to acquire, um, like a tertiary ball handler, uh, next to Austin and next to, to LeBron who gets after it defensively, um, on the perimeter, like that shooting guard. Cool. Hell yeah. Like that's, that's the kind of, so, so even while, and I understand people have their concerns about drafting or having a rookie on a team that was just in the Western conference finals. I understand that, that notion, but if you just look at like the archetype of this player, he fits into exactly what the Lakers would have been hoping to add this off season anyway. And I think I wrote about it uh, when I wrote about the pick, they are probably losing Dennis. And I think he can replace a lot of the things that Dennis brought to the table with, yeah. uh, I mean, probably more upside. I mean, Dennis was incredible. I don't want to undersell that, especially I thought Dennis later is on. never going to be the shooter that this guy is. But yeah. <laughs> and so there are similarities there. That's kind of the comp I've been using, at least for Lakers fans, because they're probably more familiar with uh, Dennis than Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so going back to what you said about how kind of big he is, he played at Montverde, which is a basketball power. Yeah. And not just like a basketball power, but a place where they're like training guys to go to the NBA. So he's been on diet plans. He's been on strength plans. He's been on – this wasn't like he came to IU and was like, oh, I'm really good at this. I guess I'll go to the NBA. Like this has been part of a plan for a while that he's going to make it to the NBA. So he came to IU because – Mike Woodson is there and Mike Woodson was just in the NBA for a couple decades. So yeah. he, he, this has been his plan. So he's been kind of preparing himself to be in the, and I think there's a difference between a guy being big and a guy like knowing how to play big functional like, strength. Yeah. And, and Jalen knows how to use his size, whether it's his length, whether it's just the fact he's, He's a strong dude, a, a filled out frame. Uh, I one of the, probably the best examples you'll see in tape of it is he can get guys in jail behind him on pick and rolls and keep them there. Like mm -hmm. they're not getting back around him uh, when they fall behind him. And he's really good about he. I, I th when you say mid range game, I think most often you think about the jumper, but also like he has a really good floater yeah. as well, and kind of that in between game. So he knows how to, and he's run. a good passer. So yeah, like very yeah. much so. He knows how to run the pick and roll, and he knows like what defense he sees, what he needs to do, what shot he needs to get to, things like that. One thing you're not going to see a lot of, and it's going to be interesting to see. He's going to benefit a lot from the spacing in the NBA because IU last season had negative spacing. Uh, they had a lineup that would have been awesome. It's a Mike in, Woodson team. That makes sense. Yeah, they would have been awesome in 
1999. Uh, it, I would say Mike. <laughs> or Woodson, 93. <laughs> yeah, Mike. This Mike Woodson is recruiting a different team. He was kind of stuck with the pieces of the last head coach who was really bad. But it had Trace Jackson Davis, who is a, a rolling big man that uh, doesn't shoot from the perimeter. It had a power hoping, forward. I was hoping he wouldn't get drafted, and the Lakers would slide in and and, and oh, grab yeah. him. Yeah, there was a there was a brief moment where at 40 he was available and I was like, oh, my God, are the Lakers are really about to do this? Um, you would have I, had it. You would have. Like, I, would, I would have been recording this and you'd be on your ceiling. Oh, yeah, I would have ascended straight <laughs> to heaven. I wouldn't be recording this. Um, the uh, but you have a rolling big man in that they had a power forward who couldn't shoot from the outside. He was just kind of the traditional power forward that played like in the mid post. They had a small forward who was like the only shooter on the team. And they had a shooting guard who was a slasher cutter that shot like two threes a game. And so there, when you watch tape, there's no not going to be clips of him coming off a pick and roll and hitting a guy for a kickout three. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen at IU. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be something. It's going to be interesting to see how he – kind of reacts adapt almost adapts to playing in as much space as he's going to have and as i was saying earlier he wasn't a great finisher last season but also to the point of the personnel iu had there were five guys in the lane at all times so like he didn't get to the rim because the rim had like a ton of bodies around him and he was a a good finisher in transition which makes me think there might be some more there than what he was able to show last season, but he's still going to have to like improve and be better in that regard yeah. as a finisher at the rim. But I think he's, he's really not like a very vi- a, a vertical athlete. That's not the, no. no. Yeah. And I think that plays into kind of the, the smooth aspect. Like he's not mm-hmm. an explosive athlete. He, uh, but I, I do think he's going to benefit a lot from just having the spacing of an NBA offense and, just having a bit more room to operate because he's been running pick and rolls for, I mean, that's what I use offense was for the good chunk of the season that uh, he was point guard. He started the season kind of as a shooting guard. And then I use point guard got hurt and they, they gave him the ball and just said, you're our only point guard now go. (laughs) And that's when things kind of took off for him. So uh, he's run the pick and roll a lot. He's, he's very familiar in that. That's going to be kind of his bread and butter early on, I would imagine, whether it's Anthony Davis or ex-center that the Lakers sign in free agency. Or, I mean, I guess they could bring back Mo Bamba. I would be surprised. but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, so whoever it is he's running the pick and roll with, I think that's going to be his bread and butter early on. Yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate he's going to get a whole bunch of run with um, starters. Yeah. Um, but – like where he really intrigues me if if he is on the roster um is with second units where lebron is actually the five and yeah lebron be, like lebron cool. gets to function in the in the short role and you know he's a threat that you know uh defenses can't just like the one thing with dennis that made his pick and rolls kind of frustrating to watch was that defenses could just go under the screen and and uh he wasn't a real you know off the dribble threat but Shafino is, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, from, from just kind of watching him and, and some of his shot diet. So um, I do want to, and now I'm going to try to make this work for the audio audience, but the, um, 
the video audience, I think, I, I you know, are, are going to enjoy this. I'm going to play. Um, I'm going to play some highlights here. If my computer doesn't stop freaking out, uh, I'm going to play uh, a a a highlight clip here, just a short one. We won't even watch the whole thing, but. This is, I think, a pretty good example of some of what you're talking about, where you see like he's working in close quarters, but that physicality allows him to 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 play through it, and um, and then you see some of the finishing that, you know, he's kind of a tricky finisher, but but we'll see what we'll see what everybody thinks. This is him in, in transition. He goes off the left wing, gets into the paint, rim graze dunk, but you know, still still counts. Nice pass there. Um, in the pick and roll, you see what you're talking. He just, he likes to have contact with whoever is guarding him, you know? Um, and that's a, you know, there's your floater. Um, do you remember any of these games, Jacob? Like, do you remember? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> Purdue game in specific, uh, Zach Eady is, uh, a guy that played a ton of drop coverage and he will punish teams if they play drop coverage against the Lakers. And yeah. so that's where he's going to find a lot of success. He's a, in the pick and roll as well, you'll kind of see some clips, but he's a, a good passer, but not just as like making passes to a role guy. He can make passes to guys in a number of situations like this. They come out and kind of hedge and he's mm. used to making passes to a short roller. I don't know if it'll be uh, on here, but Trace short rolled a lot whenever they would come out hard on him. And he's used to making kind of the little pocket pass right there to the free throw line, which um, LeBron does that a bit as well when he kind of short rolls. And so it's not just he's a, a good passer in the pick and roll as like to a roll man or like a throwing lobs. He's good at passing to in a number of situations, which I think is transferable. Yeah, that's one go. right there. And so that's going to be an area where he finds success. There's another really good skip pass. That's about one of the only times you're going to find him kicking out (laughs) to a three-point shooter. Uh, That's the one small forward we had that was a three-point shooter last year. So uh, he missed that. That's why that clip cut off. Uh, I I knew what that clip was. That's why why that clip ended there. But uh, he's really good at um, just knowing – when he gets into these ball screen situations, no seeing what the defense is doing and knowing what the right decision is, what the right shot to take, what the right pass to make, whatever it is. And he's a, a high IQ player and it shows in, I think the pick and roll most in that um, he's never sped up. He, he knows where he needs to go or where the ball needs to be. And he might make a mistake and not be able to get the ball there, but it's never a matter of like, oh, he just didn't know what to do with the ball. Like yeah. it's a matter of like execution, which you can fix. And so um, that's what I'm kind of most encouraged by. If he is running uh, second units with LeBron as kind of a ball handler, I would imagine there will be a lot of screen and roll and he can make whatever the pass is, whether LeBron slips or whether LeBron pops or whether Mm -hmm. he short rolls or whatever that is, he's going to be able to make that pass to LeBron and put him into an advantageous position. Yeah. I, I'm i I'm really excited about a lot of the things that he brings to the table here. Um, You know, I, again, 
I understand and I share a lot of the sentiment about utilizing the number 17 pick and not bringing in whether it was Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal or I know a lot of people were hoping maybe just maybe this would be the year that they got Miles Turner. Um, <laughs> but but I I do think that if you are going to use a, a pick or if you are going to use that pick in this spot, um, I know the Lakers really liked Kobe Bufkin. Like that was that was somebody that they were really hoping would slide one more spot down. Um, but all that said, like this guy fits into a need, you know, yeah. and and he was and he has the most upside of the guys that were draft like that were drafted after him. So if you have the combination of uh, a bunch of upside and he fills a need, like that's kind of a no brainer. And I I kind of think. On top of some of the uh, practical difficulties that come with um, moving a pick, like uh, Aaron talked about this yesterday on the show, and it was one of the things that I talked about um, in in the actual draft is and and you know wrote about and tweeted about leading up to the draft is um, teams normally are a lot more okay with like okay just send over the pick. We have a range of players that we might hope to you know be available at that at that area and deals would get agreed to but last night with this new cba coming in and with teams just being a lot more conservative with their draft picks too um teams that were would be receiving those picks wanted a much clearer idea of who was actually going to be available there which meant that you had to pull off a trade in the five minute window that you would be drafting in that spot and you ask anybody who has ever worked in the league, anybody who has made any transaction, like in a fantasy league, you can't pull off a trade in five minutes. Like it's yeah. it's like a week long thing with emails going back and forth and 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 research on whatever. Um, you can have some of the work done heading into those conversations, but it's really difficult. So I think for the Lakers, um, when you add the 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 practical issues that they were that arose last night. And then you add to it that this guy fills a need and has a whole bunch of, uh, you know, pedigree, which is something we know Polinka really values too. And upside, yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it the 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 pick really does kind of explain itself. I also think that to that point, we really, I think there was really only one trade we saw last night that included a player. It was mm-hmm. a lot of like draft that wasn't picks a salary swapping. dump. Yeah, it was a lot of draft pick swapping. I think the the only one off the top of my head I remember even included a player was the Mavericks, like you said, salary dumping. Um, Bertans. Blank- yeah, Bertans. I was blanking on his name, but and then uh, they had Holmes salary dump too. Well, them. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was it, and so there just wasn't the movement of like the archetype of type of deal that the Lakers were looking to do of trading back and getting a role player. Mm-hmm. I also think, I mean, Rob Polinka spoke at. Um, the exit interviews and said like he was pretty clear he wanted to largely bring this core back so Mm -hmm. like if your idea is to bring this core back Dennis is going to price himself out of a return almost certainly so you needed to replace him this is a, a guard that kind of in that archetype replaces him and then you can you know largely run it back with what you have for better or for worse and even if you think they still need to make a move, they have expirings and Malik Beasley and uh, whether or not Obama comes back. And 
I mean, even down the line, you can trade Jalen Hood Shafino still, and he's still going to have some value. So yeah. this was a move I think that they made that doesn't preclude them from making any other types of trades. And Rob Palinka kind of spoke about that afterwards that they're still making moves to be a, a title contender. It's just, it's a series of moves and it wasn't, it's not one move that they can make and like, boom, they're, yeah, they're a championship contender. So I think they're, if you really think as Rob Palinka said, and as it seems to show that they're largely going to run this back, then th- I think this pick makes even more sense as well. Uh, really quickly before we get you out of here, his fit with Reeves and I think interestingly his fit with Russell yeah. really intrigues me here. He uh, with I'll start with Delo. I mean, uh, both those guys being able Delo and Reeves being able to play off the ball more helps a lot. Delo can be the spot up shooter to mm-hmm. uh, Jalen being on the ball, and then on the other side. Jalen can be the point of attack defender that D'Lo is not. So mm-hmm. uh, I like that fit a lot. I, I, I would imagine if they're, if he's playing, Jalen's going to have the ball in his hand a fair amount. Like mm-hmm. he's, he has a ways to go with three point shooting and I don't have the numbers, but I would imagine his spot up attempts were very few and far between last season, just because, the ball was either in his hands or in Trace Jackson Davis's hands posting up. Yeah. And so there just weren't a lot of spot-up attempts from three. So he's going to have to work on that. If they're drafting him, if they want him to succeed, I think the ball is going to be in his hands a, a, a fair amount. And I think even more if Delo's out there. With Reeves, it's interesting because both of them can be ball handlers. Both of them can play off the ball a little bit. Reeves more than, than uh, Jalen, but... I think both of them are, are strong defenders as well. I mean, again, Jalen was brought in to be kind of an off guard, and he did that at Montverde as well. So, like, there is some, like, success to that. And at IU, they were running sets with him running off of screens. They would run kind of floppy actions or dribble handoff actions. And instead of kind of in modern basketball, you do that out at the three-point line. They just kind of moved everything in three, four mm-hmm. feet and his – shots were coming at the top of the key instead of the top of the three-point line. So there, he has an ability to play off the ball. It's just going to be – I mean, ultimately that three-pointer is going to determine how much he plays, I think, in general, yeah. especially early on in uh, his first season because if he comes in and is able to consistently knock down shots and not even – I don't even think the percentage has to be crazy high, but I don't think he can be as streaky as he was last season. Like he had games where he was like six of seven, I think against Ohio state or six of eight. And then he had games where he was, you know, Oh, a five or or something like that. Yeah. If you can just level it out to two or three makes per game, then I think that would be huge for him. If he can do that when he comes in, I think he'll, He'll fit right in right away because he does a lot of other things. Uh, if he doesn't, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle until he can become a kind of a knockdown three-point shooter. So I'm intrigued. He's a guy that he's not going to be deterred either by a bad shooting performance. He wasn't yeah, last season. I was just going to ask, is he a willing shooter 
No, yeah. You know, he, yeah. I, what's the Kobe quote? You would rather go one of 15 instead of 0 of 6? Or, four. Yeah, mm-hmm. 0 of 6. He would, he would do that. He knows what his shots are. He knows what shots he needs to take. And there would be nights where he would struggle, but he was he never shied away from taking those shots because he knew he needed to take that in order to keep a defense honest. So there would be nights where he would be, you know, 12 of 17. And then I think his worst performance was again uh, on the road against Maryland where he went one of 14. But it was still the same mid-range shots. He wasn't forcing anything. He wasn't trying to shoot some hero three-pointer. It was the same mid-range shots. They just weren't falling on that day. So I think that type of mentality will help him moving forward. Again, he's a he's a smart player, a high IQ player. He knows what needs to be done, whether it's passing, shooting. He can read a defense well. It's just going to be a matter of kind of execution and whether he can do those things on a, a night-to-night basis. Do you think he'll be able to get to the line better than he did? He only <laughs> shot, I think, uh, two and a half free throws a game. It's going to be interesting because, again, he didn't get to the line because he usually just stopped in the mid-range and, and shot a yeah a jumper. So it's the Suns that would thing, be, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, it it would be a matter of if maybe with more spacing, he's more comfortable getting to the rim. But, again, kind of to a Suns thing, those guys know that they are good mid-range shooters. So if they see an opening there, they'd rather try that than maybe try to – force their way to the rim where they're less comfortable. So I don't know that he's ever going to be a a high volume free throw shooter. And if you're comparing him to Dennis, that's probably one of the the bigger differences. Dennis grifted his way to so many free throws and that's not really part of, of Jalen's game. It could be. And again, if he's a high IQ player and he's a physical guy. Yeah. and, And he, he might realize that, Hey, more space, I can get to the line, I can get to the rim and draw some free throws. That could be part of his game, but it's not something he really showed at IU, again, because he just never really got to the rim at IU. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, man, for hopping on. Um, Congratulations again. You know, uh, (laughs) let me know if you do touch the floor in the next, you know, I I think think the the warning, right, is after four hours, you got to call a doctor. Um, uh, what time is it? We <laughs> might be on the clock here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to them. You know, I, like I said, there's plenty of time to talk about whether or not they should have used the pick. And, and to be honest, it would have been a waste of having you on the show to have that conversation because mm-hmm. I do think like with where we are in basketball conversations, um, and I'm, and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody the focus a lot of times becomes more on the transaction than the action. And in this case, this is a really good basketball player that the Lakers just brought into their organization. And I think he is a guy who can really help. And, um, you know, he has a skill set that the Lakers really clearly need. He's a big physical guard. That's, that's not something that they had on their roster last year. They, they, uh, they had physicality up front, but they did have, they had almost no physicality, with size on the perimeter. And that's something that this guy brings immediately before he gets into the NBA weight room. So um, I'm excited about it, man. Congratulations. Anything you want to plug before we get you out of here? No, I'm excited. I, I to that point as well, I would say that there's so many moving pieces this off season with the Lakers that 
this again doesn't really preclude them from anything. There's going to be yeah. a lot of sign and trade possibilities or, or moves that they can make. There's a, a lot of movement that's still going to come with the roster. So I'm excited. Look, if there were just about any other player, I would have understood the argument for uh, trading the pick, but uh, I'm uh, admittedly biased in this one. So I'm very excited to see him hopefully suiting up for the Lakers next season. Yep. Thank you very much, man. You can check out his work at silver screen and roll. Um, and, and on Twitter at Jacob rude, right. Yep. Uh, is where we can find you there again. Thanks again, bud. We'll talk to you soon. As always.